presented by the United States Sentencing Commission, this is Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast for federal sentencing practitioners covering topics of interest. Here are your hosts, Abisay Bayisa and Rachel Pierce. Good morning, Abisay. Um, I think this morning we're going to do something a little bit different than what we've done in the past. And yep. We're going to have a little bit of a chat about something that's been quite a, uh, quite a bit of buzz lately, and that is this new piece of legislation that everyone is talking about, the First Step Act of 2018. Uh, do you want to tell us, you want to start by telling us a little bit about it in general? Sure. <clears throat> so the First Step Act uh, was signed into law on December 21st of 2018. Mm -hmm. And it's a big piece of legislation. Uh, it's bipartisan, so it had support from both sides. Uh, it was a long time coming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the thing about it is it's a really big piece of legislation that includes both back-end prison reform, mm -hmm. so stuff that's directed towards the BOP, but also, I guess more importantly for us, it's got uh, stuff on sentencing reform. Uh, right. and lowering and amending certain types of statutes related to sentencing. Right. So speaking about the, how, how large the piece of legislation is, it's actually divided into six titles. And Title Four, I believe, is the one that's most relevant to us because that's the one that deals with the sentencing reform issues. Is right. that right? That's right. So what are some of the things that Title Four would change as it relates to sentencing? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think they can be broken up into like four big chunks. So mm -hmm. the first... Uh, change is that the First Step Act reduces penalties uh, under 851. So um, for people who are familiar with 851s, if you're charged with a drug offense and you've got two prior drug offenses um, and the government followed the 851 procedures, you would go to mandatory life. Mm -hmm. Well, that mandatory life has now been reduced to 25 years. Um, if you had one prior conviction, uh, you would go to 20 years. The 20-year mandatory has been reduced to 15 years. So they've lowered the mandatory minimum penalties across the board. Mm -hmm. But they've also um, sort of changed the types of prior qualifying offenses. So they're really trying to reduce penalties for nonviolent drug offenders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the second thing that it did is that it expanded and broadened out safety valve. Which, of course, we've been talking about that for years. That's sort of been a buzz for years. So right. That's, that's finally happened. <laughs> um, basically, it has um, increased the number of criminal history points you can have. Um, it's a little more complicated than that, and we'll talk about some resources <laughs> we have. But I guess the best summary is it's broadened out safety valve to make mm -hmm. more people eligible for it and make more people eligible to not get a mandatory minimum. Mm -hmm. um, it's also limited 924C stacking. So before your first 924C was the five, seven, or 10 years, and even if you had two 924Cs in one indictment, the next one would be 25 right, years right. mandatory mm -hmm. consecutive. They changed that so that you actually have to have a conviction for a 924C to trigger that 25-year mandatory. Okay, so okay. limited the stacking. And then finally, it has made the Fair Sentencing Act of uh, 2010 that lowered crack penalties mm -hmm. and made that retroactive. Oh, okay, okay. Rachel, 
Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a bunch of calls on the helpline uh, about the first step back? I can't even begin to tell you how many calls I've gotten on helpline, so <laughs> which I know you have too. We all have. So what kind of questions do you, like what are the, what's the most common question you've been getting? Well, I think the most common question I've been getting, and I think I can say this goes for everybody, is the, the new safety valve provision and yep. the expansion of the safety valve and how that impacts not only the application of the statute, but also the application of the guideline. Right. And I kind of want to leave it there as a teaser because I want to direct our listeners to our frequent asked questions document that we have that's connected to this podcast because there's a lot of questions and answers and discussion in that document based on the most frequently asked questions that we've been getting on this which of course have been quite a few so kind of just a little uh, uh, teaser there um, and direct our, our listeners to the FAQ right and I guess I just also want to remind our listeners that because I know we get a lot of calls about when will the commission change, when or if will the commission right. change the guideline oh, yeah. right. mm-hmm. specifically related to safety valve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to remind our listeners that there's no changes in the statute to the guidelines themselves. So Congress didn't say change this guideline or change that guideline. Which they have done in the past. So right. they can do that, but they didn't this time. And they also didn't give, they, I mean Congress, Mm -hmm. did not give the commission emergency amendment authority, right? Mm -hmm. So we can't go outside of our normal amendment cycle. We're in the middle of an amendment cycle now. Mm -hmm. We are all trying to digest this piece of legislation to figure out how or if we're gonna make changes. But if there are any changes, it's not gonna happen this month or next month. We're gonna be continuing on with our normal amendment cycle. I think that's an important thing to reinforce too because a lot of folks are, are asking that as well. Right. You know, well, when is the guideline going to change? And it's important for folks to remember that we don't have that emergency amendment authority like we have gotten in the past with other legislation. Right. Um, so I guess the, the, the theme is stay tuned and we'll see how this all sort of plays itself out, right? Yep, and be sure to check out the Frequently Asked mm-hmm. Questions document. Uh, it's going to be tagged to this website. It's also, sorry, tagged to our podcast <laughs> and also on our website right. um, that I think covers a lot of the broad questions we've been getting. So stay tuned. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks, Rachel. This wraps up our episode of Sentencing Practice Talk, today brought to you by the United States Sentencing Commission. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check back often for new topics. Sentencing Practice Talk, a regular podcast on federal sentencing issues. Please be advised that information provided by the Commission staff is offered to assist in understanding and applying the sentencing guidelines. The information does not necessarily represent the official position of the Commission, should not be considered definitive, and is not binding upon the Commission, the Court, or the parties in any case.